What's up, my people? Welcome to Fellowship Bible Church's Sermon Spotlight, where we're coming at you each and every week with a fresh weekend to debrief in an effort to send biblical truth. And what better way to do that than by the power of conversation? I'm one of your hosts, Caleb Pearson. Joining me again in the host spotlight, we love her to death, Alicia Battaglia. Alicia, how are you? I'm great. Thank you. And Absolutely. Guess what? what? It's fall, y'all. Happy fall, <laughs> y'all. Let's make t-shirts. <laughs> I love fall. Me I'm too. so excited for it. Uh, I posted to the Fellowship Family Facebook page, like, what's your favorite part about fall? Like, the weather, the football, the pumpkin-flavored stuff. Pretty much everybody said weather. The weather. Yeah. Well, and the, the neat, the I leaves. think this was a gift from the Lord this year. Like, mm. the first day of fall, it just arrived, and it was... They nail it. They nail it every year. I'm like, why is that the first day of fall? <laughs> Yeah, came true. It's amazing. Super fun. Thanks yeah. for being here. He's back with us. Uh, dear friend of mine, Mark Carey. Marky Mark, how you doing, my friend? Doing well. Good, yeah. good. Thank you for being here. <clears throat> Guys, let's jump into a, a Sunday in review. Alicia, I'm going to come your way first. We've been doing this overview of Acts, and, and Mark, we chose to kind of focus in on the, the outpouring of the Spirit and, and where the Holy Spirit fits into this, this biblical narrative and how we can hopefully, I don't know, perhaps avoid some pitfalls or some confusion uh, about the Spirit. So, Alicia, I'll come your way first, and we'll see what Mark has for us. Well, I loved how you started out the sermon with the big map, <laughs> that antique piece that you brought <laughs> onto the stage, because what that, that for me, really um, helped, because as you were preaching through this, it's, once again, an overview. We haven't really dove into the text yet, but... Um, for me, it a lot of things connected, um, and I, I was seeing how important it is, <clears throat> the connection between the Old Testament and the New T Testament and what's happening there. And I wrote down a few of the points that really connected for me. One, the connecting of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit as prophesied in Joel as part of the restoration of Israel. Hmm. So the, the falling of the Holy Spirit was it was part of that. And um, the people had been waiting for that. And like in Acts 1, 6, the disciples are like, well, you know, to Jesus, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? Um, and so just seeing that, okay, th this outpouring of the Holy Spirit was a sign of Israel's restoration. Um, and then in addition to that, the connecting of the the word of comfort from Isaiah chapter 40 and in Malachi 3, 1. But th this good news is coming that um, this John the Baptist is going to be preparing the way. And um, and the word uh, in the back in that Isaiah passage, comfort, comfort my people. I just, I sensed um, the care of the Lord in that because here's this rebellious people and yet he's still calling them my people. And there's hope. There's a promise. Um, there's, there's one coming who's preparing the way. Um, and then, uh, Galatians 3, uh, 14. Um, uh, let me turn there cause I want to read it. Um, yes. So that in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles so that we might receive the promised spirit through faith. And I just, um, for those of us Gentiles who believe and our lives are marked by the Holy Spirit, this is mm. part of that fulfilling of the promise to Abraham. And so just to see this big picture coming together, Old Testament, New Testament, and the fact that for us who are in the church age, 
we get to be a part of this too. Um, and so it's just really neat. I really appreciated that big picture of the big map. Well, and to, to be a part of the church while also gaining a clear understanding of the Holy Spirit as well, I think is is so key, so important. Why why devote a sermon to a, a biblical overview of Acts, but then also a, a biblical overview of the Spirit? Why is that something that we wanted to devote time to? Well, obviously the Holy Spirit factors so prominently there in chapter 2, mm-hmm. and Jesus talked about it. So chapter 1 and 2 is all devoted to that. He talks about the kingdom. Uh, I'm going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. <clears throat> That's while he was talking to them about the kingdom, it says, for 40 days. So I'm sure he was spending a lot of time in Isaiah and Ezekiel. And for 40 days, you know, um, uh, indoctrinating them with this whole idea, uh, which is why Peter said, is that now you're going to restore the kingdom. I mean, it was just, it was so present on their mind. But in the Old Testament, that Holy Spirit, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, and the Messiah and the kingdom age were so intricately tied together. And then you come to Acts, and there it is. So, so it plays so prominently in the rest of the book of Acts, mm-hmm. um, the unfolding of the triumph of the gospel. Mm-hmm. Um, we wouldn't have a book of Acts if it hadn't been for Acts 2 and the mm-hmm. outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> that... That's crucial and to, to understand the early church. And that just seems so easily to be a, a part of the Trinity, maybe least understood or, or most confused by the, the, the salvation story, the gospel of God's son Jesus and what he did on the cross is incredible, yes, but God has worked in so many incredible ways through the Trinity and and that vehicle, and you mentioned it in passing this, this past Sunday, but were temples for that, by the way, now, and, and there's a transition there of what a temple in the Old Testament was to what we are as the church now. Right. And... and an awareness of that it raises my desire to even be a part of the local church because it's a bunch of temple. It's Holy Spirit dwellers coming together, and there's something important, right? Which about is that, that imagery of the Old Testament mm-hmm. of, um, which which kind of I want to I want to stump him. Yeah, <laughs> I want to get your I want to get your um, yeah. thoughts on, and I guess maybe more explanation mm. um, about. Uh, the the Holy Spirit's role in the Old Testament and and because he's very active he's very active in the Holy in the Old Testament the the Trinity Holy Spirit Father Son um, and we were talking about this in our small group last night and just um, the ways that the Holy Spirit was working and the ways that people were experiencing the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament. And so could you maybe draw that out a little bit about um, how the Holy Spirit was working in ways of empowerment, um, in ways of salvation, um, in relation to mm-hmm. what's happening in the church age? Hmm. Um, no, I can't. Okay. <laughs> 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 well, some quick, like a few quick thoughts. Um, so the Holy Spirit is mentioned in Genesis one. Right. That the mm. Spirit is hovering, hovering. and wherever right. the Spirit is, there, there is life. Um, there's energy. There's power. Mm-hmm. There's right. so you find him. Uh, you find the Holy Spirit uh, moving upon the um, skilled. Uh, hmm. uh, craftsmen of, who build in the temple. Right. So there's the, the creative power, um, the life. Um, but 
I think it's I think it's unique when you get to the prophets where you mm -hmm. talk about this outpouring. The spirit would come upon a prophet, and he would he would um, be energized with the power of God and 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 serve God in that unique role. But it was a coming upon, and then 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 leaving in a sense. The mm -hmm. he would, there would be this uh, this. Um, Function of the power of the Spirit, and, and the Spirit of God came upon me, and and that type of thing. So when you get into the prophets, you're, you're seeing this idea of the outpouring of the Spirit upon all mankind. Joel says mm -hmm. that, that there's something universal. There's something much broader, much wider, mm -hmm. deeper in terms of God's plan. And um, it, it, Ezekiel talked about it. Jeremiah talks about it. Uh, Isaiah talks about it. So the Spirit of God. And the the consummation of God's program in the Messiah, in the kingdom, in the in, in the in the bringing together of all things uh, again back to wholeness, the role of the Holy Spirit is crucial because where the Spirit of God is, there's going to be life. There's there's this creative something new. There's mm -hmm. this uh, um, power for um, of the presence of God, and. Um, so when the prophets talk about the coming kingdom, this this new age, it made perfectly good sense that there would be this outpouring of the Holy Spirit, um, <clears throat> where everything is going to be put back together again. Now Jesus, um, in, in John chapter seven, Jesus talks about if any man um, got it here, um, last day of the feast in John John chapter seven verse thirty seven. Jesus stood and cried out and says, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scriptures said, from his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. And then John adds this um, commentary in verse 39. But this he spoke of the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive, for the Spirit was not yet given because Jesus had not yet been glorified. Mm -hmm. um, and so if, if God is going to do a work of, of bringing wholeness and life to the death of the sin and the fall, the Spirit of God is going to play a key role in that. Mm -hmm. We need, out of the innermost beings, rivers of living water to flow. Mm -hmm. And that was the role of the Spirit. He hinted at that in the first part of John when he talked with a woman at the well. If you knew who it was, it was offering this water, this, and that's a figure of the Spirit of God. In mm -hmm. fact, it's interesting, later in John uh, 19, when Jesus is on the cross, one of the seven last sayings of Jesus, one of them was, I thirst. Mm -hmm. Well, what, why was he, no, I don't want to go. I think it's possible that it was more than just, well, he was, he had lost a lot of blood, and he was physically thirsty. Jesus, you know, words that are recorded in what Jesus said had far more significance than just those type of physical things. The sin of the world was landing on Jesus. He was paying for our sins. Mm -hmm. And he cries out, I thirst. And it was a thirst that no water could mm -hmm. ever quench. He's experiencing the opposite of, of, uh, of, of life in God as he's, mm -hmm. as the death of the world is on him. I thirst. Um, that you look at the world today, it, you, it's a fitting metaphor. This is a thirsty. This is a dry and parched land. People are searching for to fill that thirst and the longing of their soul with all, all sorts of things that's never going to be 
That thirst is never going to be quenched other than the, the Spirit of God within us. So in the New Testament, that outpouring of the Holy Spirit, as we see in Acts chapter 2, um, is to enliven, it's to bring life, it, it is um, to bring uh, completeness and wholeness all through the, and power to serve God. Um, and, and to testify as witnesses that's right. of the finished work of Jesus that's right. and what he's done. The Spirit will point to me, Jesus Old said. Testament um, people were looking forward to the Messiah. Right. And here, after Jesus comes, we're looking back at what right. he, his finished work on the cross. And so here with, um, you know, Acts 1-8 again, the the purpose of the Spirit is so that we would be His witnesses yeah. to testify, and more than just verbal. I mean, it's through the, through the whole life of what, the what transformation that takes mm -hmm. place, mm -hmm. and of course, that's that's one of the questions that has to be asked of us individually. We have to look at it in the Book of Acts as we study the Book of Acts. Is was the filling of the Spirit, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, and the entrance of the Spirit in the lives of these followers of Jesus? Did it accomplish what God sent it forth to accomplish? Mm. Um, and certainly it, it did time and time again. Now you've got the stories of, of Ananias and Sapphira, or um, uh, yeah, Ananias yeah. and Sapphira, right. Right. and other different things. Uh, um, we have to look at our own life. If it's true that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit dwells within us, 1 Corinthians 12, 13, the moment of faith, we are baptized with the Spirit into the church, into the body of Christ. Is it, are we living out the living waters that God has designed for us who are the temple of the Holy Spirit to live out? Well, and that, that <clears throat> I wrote down 1 Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians 5.19, do not quench the spirit, because there, once again, it's that thirst language. Agreed. Right, it's, right. And so in, I was asking myself, well, how do I quench the Holy Spirit? Because mm -hmm. uh, you know, the Holy Spirit's there. I have access to all of this empowerment. I've been given all I need for life and godliness. Why, why am I not accessing that? Why? Why do I quench the spirit? Mm -hmm. And I, and upon my reflection, I'm no different than Israel. You mm -hmm. know, I have idols, primarily self, you know? Mm -hmm. And so all of these things that um, sinfully cling for my attention and um, I bow down to, right. you know, that, that mm -hmm. is hindering me. That is what's quenching the spirit. Right. Um, and that can be very discouraging because it's this <laughs> battle of flesh. Stately. But, but I just going that through that, the song "Greatest Thy Faithfulness" came to my mind, and I was like, you know, God is faithful. Even He was, He's faithful to His people. He's faithful to me, and uh, His His He has called us to be His witnesses, and He's going to finish the good work that He's begun. And and in that Philippians one one five, it's because of our partnership in the gospel. That's what he's called us to. Mm -hmm. And that's why he's going to be faithful because he's he saved us, he's given us his Holy Spirit, and he's going to be faithful to have his name proclaimed through his people. And you read Acts 2, and, and you you do find yourself encouraged at certain passages of 3,000, so many thousand being saved, and it can be easy to 
say, what did they do? How, what did they do to make that happen? Mm-hmm. Or how can we be a seeker-friendly church? How can we be mm-hmm. like them? But it's not about doing what they did. It's about yielding the way they did yeah. to the Spirit, right. to, to, to God's true nature, to His true design for the church, the ecclesia, so that Acts is not this prescription of, of here's what we need to get back to as far as our culture, but instead you see the church was defined and driven by the Spirit so much so that outsiders looked and they didn't see the attender or the denomination or the the stereotype. They saw the Spirit of God, yeah. and that's a hard yeah. thing to avoid. Yeah. Uh, there, there's the theologians talk about continuity with the Old Testament and discontinuity with the Old Testament. There's continuity and there's discontinuity. Hmm. Um, and one of the discontinuities is why did Israel time and time and time again fail? Um, because the law was written on tablets of stone. I mean, there was not this mm-hmm. indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. So you would think, you know, man, it's it's a whole new era. It is. It's <laughs> yeah. it, you know, and every excuse has been removed because of the presence of the Holy Spirit that is now. As of Acts chapter two, That's good. so the question that we have to ask ourselves is: So why do I still struggle? You know, what is it I don't know? That's what it's. Sorry, if I don't know about the presence of the Holy Spirit, <laughs> if we, if I don't know all that has been given to me at the moment of faith, um, then I'm like a a, a, a multi millionaire many times over, living as a pauper, not knowing that in my bank account mm-hmm. has been deposited the spiritual, wealth. Huge, yeah. so the spiritual wealth. Yeah. So it can be ignorance. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, and and then the second thing is related to that is unbelief. Mm-hmm. Um, um, Galatians 2.20, I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, it's Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live, I live by faith. Mm-hmm. And the son of son of God who who gave himself for me, who loved me and gave himself for me. So it's either we don't know or we're not believing, we're not believing it and not living then according. So our like you were saying, Alicia, that our idolatries, our ourselves, um, get in the way, mm-hmm. and the spirit of God recedes into the background. Mm-hmm. And what's going to happen? We're just going to live out the fleshly existence. And not what God has intended us. Well, and so we quench the spirit, or we grieve the spirit, and um, well, and that lack of knowledge or the lack of belief is is excellent grounds for the devil to be given more authority than he actually has over us. When we when we fall victim to that, and and I think the Holy Spirit isn't the only thing uh, indwelling the spiritual realm right now where we find ourselves, and so a knowledge of God's spirit that is counter to some other things that are going on, I think is important too, so that we know God's truth and we can personally, in the heat of those moments, recognize biblical, unbiblical, mm-hmm. you know, so we don't fall victim to whatever hyper, hyper-spiritualized, hyper-emotional, you know, path might be. Well, um, God's, God, God's care for his church is also an encouragement to us because when we see the spirit working because the spirit is working. And if we just, you know, if you think about the row that you're sitting in on a Sunday morning and how the spirit is working in the lives of those people, there is so much fruit and evidence of God's grace that's happening. And then mm-hmm. how God uses that to minister to you. And then that is shared onto someone else. But, and just um, stories of, 
strength and just seeing God empower people by the power of the Holy Spirit to walk through really hard things. That is such an encouragement to the body. Mm -hmm. But it's also, once again, this witness of like, look, my spirit is working and I am going to proclaim my name and my glory above all else. And he does that through us. Um, And so it's not, you know, I don't, I want, that's why I was like, I don't want to get too bogged down on, oh, I'm always quenching the spirit, even though I am. But there, <laughs> there's the encouragement that no, God is working in my life and he is going to finish the good work that he's begun, just like he's going to finish the good work that he's begun in you. Which speaks to participating in the local church and being a part of each other's week, listening to this in the middle of a week, for an example, compared to something else you could possibly listen to. Like that, that speaks to raising the value of the local church and and we want to participate in that because here, here's the simple non-spiritual truth. The things you do, do things to you. So if you create a hobby or, or routine that doesn't allow for other people that are temples of the Holy Spirit to speak into your life, to share about theirs, it can be discouraging. It can be hard. But if we do participate in the local body, there's this, there's this helpful cycle where you you're encouraged more. It, 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 I want to hear Christian testimony more. This is something I'm, I'm convicted of personally. I want to hear more of it so that it can have an impact on me. It's edifying. And I, yeah. it, it's edifying. It's it's harder to run away from if you're, oh, the Lord seems to be working there. And, and you know, this individualized society, my age group and younger, this, this anti-institutional individualized society is me, myself, and I. How can I be encouraged? Maybe I'll try the God thing. Maybe I'll go to church. And now there's a barrier of assimilation at times. But when we humble ourselves a little bit and think maybe the encouragement I need is in the testimony of somebody sitting three feet away from me, that's where you start to see God is massive. And that's another aspect of the role of the Spirit. Um, not only are we individually temples, mm-hmm. our body is the temple of the Spirit because He dwells within us, but corporately united together. Mm-hmm. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 3, verse 16, do you not know that you are a temple of God? It's plural. Do you, plural, you, are, yeah. you as a church not know that you are a temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? There's a corporateness to the the, <laughs> the temple as well. But Peter talks about we're individual stones being built into a holy temple. Mm-hmm. And it, yeah, so, so there's this dynamic of the Spirit of God within me transforming me together with other temples of the Holy Spirit coming corporately as a temple mm-hmm. in the presence of God to um, uh, strengthen one another, encourage one another, admonish one another, do all the one another's in the power of the Holy Spirit so that we can continue to be the witness mm-hmm. as salt and light in the world mm-hmm. that, um, uh, and God is, the Holy Spirit is the one that who convicts the world of sin and 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 you know of righteousness and and, and judgment um, through the corporate body that is yielded to him, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. we're he'll just act out and do his work through us. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. where the power is. is yeah, in the Holy Spirit. And another thing that I love about the Holy Spirit is um, how he helps us to <laughs> understand his word. You know, like the, this sure. this is hard. The, there are hard <laughs> passages, but it, without the Holy Spirit penetrating in our hearts and illuminating his word to our hearts, it's just another, um, another book, yeah. you know, mm. it's more information, but the, the transforming power of the Holy Spirit at work as we read God's word, 
that changes our hearts. It affects our thinking and our yeah. hearts, and you know, which then affects our actions. <laughs> well, there's a magnetic quality to it. You got the indwelling of the Spirit and the Word of God, and whether we feel like that's the case or not, whether we want it to be the case or not, it's there, and that Word comes alive, and mm -hmm. we're almost just along for the ride at that point. Yeah. And there's a freedom in that. Oh, which happened in, in Acts chapter 2 to the early believers. They were just doing what God had told them to. <laughs> yeah. They were in a place of obedience, yeah. go they and were. wait, Right, they were waiting. And they were waiting. Right. And then all of a sudden, the mighty rushing wind came, and the the tongues of fire, and speaking another language, which maybe some people, well, that ne that never happened to me, so where does that fit in? We'll, and we'll, we'll get we'll to get that there. when we get to, yeah. to Acts <laughs> yeah. chapter 2. That'll bring clarity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, um, That's good. Yeah, so I think, again, laying that 35,000 foot, looking at the entire map a little bit, um, understanding um, it, it briefly, as we did, exploring God's overarching plan, and that it's going to consummate uh, one day in the wonderful, glorious um, fulfillment of all those promises. Um, it's just that in the meantime, something very, very significant happened 2,000 years ago. Mm -hmm. And, you know, shame on us if we underestimate. Mm what took place because the prophets of old would have, mm -hmm. Peter says this in first Peter one, they longed for, to see that day mm -hmm. of the Messiah of the work, uh, probably of the outpouring of the Holy spirit because they prophesied of it. And, um, and it's cool. we're, we're living in that age. And, uh, and like, yeah, the, the spirit was the promise to Abraham right? from that Galatians three passage. That I just think that is so cool that now we have this mission that began in Genesis that goes all the way to Revelation is it's the same. Yeah. <laughs> it's the same mission, and God's using His Spirit to um, promote that witness. Right, hmm. and so we just have to live faithfully. We have to continue to grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord. Uh, Paul says in Galatians five, we have to keep in step with the Spirit. So that his fruit we manifest in manifest in our life, and we day by day uh, live a life that honors him. Um, but I'm I'm ready for the next thing, <laughs> and uh, um, I think the early church was too. But um, it'll come. Um, but in the meantime, yeah, let's just be time, faithful. The time of refreshing is coming, hmm. and we've been given the Holy Spirit right. as we wait. Yeah, and then we ask ourselves the question. With the Holy Spirit and this time of waiting, are rivers of living water flowing from my innermost mm -hmm. being? Mm -hmm. Because they can't. And I, I try to make that. I made a statement at the end, but it's not all about me. I mean, mm -hmm. I want rivers of living water. I want mm -hmm. to that. But it's, and we've said that many times on the podcast. It's not just about what God has for me. Right. It is what God has for his name and his glory. Mm -hmm. Why are we inhabited by the spirit so that we can proclaim mm -hmm. while that liver, livers of living water, <laughs> rivers of living water flowing well, through us. that's an image I don't want to Yeah, well, yeah, hey, liver. does your liver quiver? <laughs> you have the spirit then. But uh, <laughs> um, so, so we have to be occupied and steadfast, <laughs> immovable, abound in the work of the Lord um, and, um, he will bring it to fruition. And I, I mentioned this right at the end. The, here's the amazing thing. The giving of the spirit 
is simply Ephesians 1.14 and other passages, mm -hmm. the down payment yeah. of mm -hmm. the glory that's yet to come. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So if we really tapped into the down payment and really experienced that, and Here this, we go. Yeah. this hellish side of eternity right yeah. now, we're already abounding in the riches. We, like yes. We're, we're abounding mm. in them already. Yeah. And that's just with the down Imagine payment. what it will be like in glory. It's mm. good. Can't wait. A lot of opportunities to participate in that alongside one another here at FBC. There's a, a baptism class coming up Tuesday, October 18th at 7 p.m. That service is going to be October 30th at 7 p.m. as well. It's always encouraging to hear people's testimonies as they do that kind of public demonstration of water baptism, of what the Spirit has done with them. And uh, yeah, they belong to the local church, which is exciting. I do want to let everybody know we have a fellowship family meeting, so welcoming the congregation and everyone's invited. Uh, that's going to be October 16th at 6.30 p.m. in the main auditorium, uh, so mark your calendars for that. We'll do a lot of church updates, have some testimonies and some exciting stuff uh, that evening as well. But Alicia, thank you for being here. Uh, Mark, you, you're the man. Appreciate it. Uh, the fact of the matter, everybody, is that sermons are not meant to just take an hour, but rather transform a lifetime. Until next week, much love, God bless.